Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the witching hour. Yes, that magical hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. We've got some crazy, wild, animalistic magic for you today. Indeed, we do. I didn't know anything about the subject, and now I figured out, my gosh, I probably am one. We are going to have the one and only Denny Sargent and his new book on werewolf magic. You don't want to miss this one. This is probably the funnest, silliest, let's all go howl at the moon episode ever. But before I bring on my little wolf friend, Denny, where's Patty? Okay, it's time for Where's Patty? Again, it's the one thing that makes me open up my Google Calendar and figure out where I am and where I'm going to be. If you are listening to this on the week of August 8th, Monday, August 8th, 2022, when we first drop, I'm home. I am home. I am home from Texas. I am home from Northern California. And while at home, I must say, I got to play with Moon Girl, Sarah Garcia, and yes, the paranormal princess herself, Haley Michelle. They got fangs, took them to the vampire lounge. We danced and danced and danced. So it's a good week. I am in town and I'm not going anywhere. And if you like cats, on Tuesday night, I am actually teaching a cat magic class. So you can join me on Tuesday and let's talk about cats, which is like cats. And we always have, and there really is magic attached to it. So Tuesday through universitymagicus.com. And I'm not teaching Sunday, but all sorts of other great people are. So again, check out universitymagicus.com. I am in town, but make your reservations now because the next place out is August 25th through 28th. I'm going to be at the big granddaddy Michigan Paracon. It's really fun. We're way up in St. Sue Marie area, Michigan, in this great big Indian casino. Everybody from the paranormal world is there. Everybody. Even our Bridget Marcourt from our shows with our producer, Rob, and just everybody. So join us in Michigan. Look up myparacon.com, mimichiganparacon.com. After that, in September, I've got a bunch of things starting. I've got the PEX in Virginia City. Um, It's something experience, paranormal experience. That, September 16th through 18th. The next weekend in September, I'm going to be a real witchy, really Hecate at Symposium Cantona, Back in Orange, Massachusetts, you guys might remember that from last year on the world's greatest ghost hunt. We're going back to do some really deep, beautiful, dark magic with the goddess Hecate. Coming back, jumping to Orange County Paracon the first week in October, Vulture City, Arizona the second week in October. And then it goes on and on and on, but I'm going to stop there. We've got Romania coming up, of course. Once in a lifetime, birth of a vampire, myself, Father Sebastian, my dear friend, business partner, and in case you need it, we have James Anito, the demonologist and priest, and some amazing people from Romania. We just got off the phone who know everything about Romania and the vampire culture. So we are going to be doing rituals at the Witch's Pond. We are going to that scary, scary forest. And of course, all the right castles that all the right vampires hang out on. So check that Mysterious Tours. It's Maria. You are going to love her. Maria Schmidt, once in a lifetime trip. So join us. Um, But that's it. Where's Patty? I am right here with you. So join me everywhere. I'm everywhere, everywhere. Hi, 
everybody, guess what time it is? Yep, it is time for the always on cue yawning willow report. And yes, for the second week in a row, the willow report is going to include Grace. Willow and Grace, time for episode two. I just wanted to say that now that we've had her over a week, Willow is the best big sister, the best babysitter I could ever imagine. Because, you know, I mean, Willow's still a pup. She's still young. She's still wild. She's still crazy. And now she has this little thing to take care of. She will even let this little Grace get down and eat her food. I mean, you're not, we can't let her eat too much of her food, but she would not do that with anybody else. They cuddle up together. They curl up together. If she can't find her, she goes and looks for her everywhere. You take care of your baby, don't you? You want to look in the, you want to look? Do you want to look in the camera for once? We're going to teach the baby to look in the camera. Is that your baby? Kiss her. You want to kiss the baby? Yeah. And another yawn. This should just be the yawning dog report, really. The yawning dog report. But anyway, I just wanted to say we have no worries leaving them alone in the house that, oh, Willow's going to be too rough. Because Willow is crazy rough with her doggy friends. She has daily play dates with four, six, eight, ten, twelve dogs, some of them really big dogs, right in our backyard. They play crazy. But she gets around this little thing right there. And she just kisses her. She just licks her. She just loves her. Aren't sisters great? So that's the Willow Report today. We can leave her. They're great. She helps her and do everything. So much joy. So much joy. And the Yawning Kitten Report, too. I think I put both of them to sleep. There we go. Are yawns catchy in animals? Just like, you know, somebody yawns and she yawns, then she yawns, then she yawns. I'm doing a scientific experiment right here. That's the Willow Report. Okay, it's time for a magic lesson, a spell crafting lesson. Yes, indeed. This week, I thought I would talk about candle magic. We've talked about candle magic before, and we will often, since it's such an easy, powerful, effective way of magic. But we've never talked about floating candle magic. Floating candles, you can get them almost anywhere. Um, they look like little discs like this. This is a floating candle, if you have this visually. Sometimes they look like the shape of roses or flowers or lotuses. Sometimes they look like little hearts. So they bake them for in the regular muggle world to put in little ponds and float into pools and things. But floating candles are super great for magic. Um, you could buy them like little packages, you know, packages of candles, little, big, and middle, and everything in the middle. What I like floating candles for magic is releasing things, cord cutting. As we know, water is emotion. Water is almost 60% of our body. Water is almost 70% of our planet. Tears are released, happy tears, sad tears. Water is flow and emotion. So what better place to burn your nice little fire and earthy candle than on water? So say you want to forget somebody, a relationship that went bad, and you're holding on to sadness or anger or could have been, should have been, would have been, or whatever that was. It doesn't have to be a love relationship. It could be a friendship gone bad, a work relationship. Anything that you are holding on to 
that's not serving you. I'm, you know, I was betrayed by this person. I was saddened by that. I was hurt by this person. Holding on to those, all that does is hurt us, not anybody else. It doesn't even affect them. So you want to cut those cords. Um, it doesn't do anything to them. I want to state, I do not do, as you guys know, I don't do magic that manipulates other people. I don't think you need to. You manipulate your world and create what you want. But a floating candle will cut all those cords that's holding on you onto that should have been, could have been, why did it, that horrible person, whatever that is. So get yourself a floating candle. I like to set up a beautiful ritual space. Maybe light another candle, your ritual candle, maybe burn some incense, anything nice. But get the prettiest bowl out of your cupboard. If you don't have a pretty bowl, get any bowl out of your cupboard. But I like to make this really pretty. Get yourself a floating candle. Again, many sizes, many shapes. I like to set up what it is you want to let go of. I like to set up where you feel it in your body. So let's just say I'm going to let go of um, a work relationship gone bad. I'm going to make it up. I don't have one. A work relationship gone bad. And we're going to say their name is Fred. Fred gone bad. He done me bad. I don't know. So, all right. And and uh, Fred's gone his merry way. I don't even know what he's doing. Or I do know what he's doing. But I just don't want to have any more bad feelings, angry feelings, sad feelings about Fred. So first off, I'm going to think about Fred for a second. I'm going to go, where do I feel it? Ooh, I feel it in my belly. I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my jaw. I feel it in my shoulders, whatever it is. And I want to choose to release that. I want to feel where those cords feel like. Um, you could do things like writing it down and burning like some of the ritual or just doing some breathing exercises. Where does Fred hit you? Where does that oh, heartbreak? We use those terms, especially if it was a love. Oh, the heartbreak of this, the sadness of that. Where does it hit you? Because you want to see where you want to release. So then get your candle out. Now, what you're going to do is if it's a person, you're going to carve their name in it. Again, we're not doing anything that will affect them. You're cutting your cords to them. Um, use a nice little toothpick. Use an ice pick. It doesn't matter. Get the biggest ice pick you have. A skewer, a poker. Actually, ballpoint pens work really good. You know, your simple little big type pen kind of messes them up a little. You have to clean the wax off, but it works really nice. So I want you to carve thought pattern. Remember, everything is in your carving, Fred. If you want, you could say business deal gone bad if you want, or just Fred. And if you even want to, if you're one who likes to express words, right? Anger, sadness, betrayal, if you want to, or just write the name. I want you to see that and really letting go of it. I want you to get that bowl out. Again, if you want to put any little oils in it, go for it. You want to burn some special incenses, go for it. Or not, it doesn't matter. But fill that bowl with water. Remember, water is flow. Waters of forgetfulness. Get this candle out. Ritualistically light this candle. I am releasing all the cords, the negativity attached to Fred, to whatever the situation is. Light it. Put your breath into it. Maybe do that before you light it. <laughs> but I've gotten pretty good at breathing into candles once they're lit and not putting them out. Because I'm magic. So are you. Um, but again, put your life force into what you are giving up. Remember, your breath is your life force. It's your pneuma. The moisture in your breath is your free will. So once you carve it, if you want to breathe into it or not. And then once we light the candle... Gently put it in this water. See it floating around this little bowl. It looks real pretty on your table. And if you don't want other people to see it, do all the carving on the bottom. If you just want to think, I've got a cute little floating candle there. If you're worried about roommates or people you live with, 
because you don't they don't want to see their name sitting there do they <laughs> but anyway light the candle put it there feel the waters of release feel the flow feel the those cords cutting it looks really pretty let it do its job let it go down it'll die toss it out you don't have to do anything special ritualistically unless you want to you can but remember always get things ecologically correct don't go burying it in some place if it's not a good thing so toss it pour out the water and then feel wow my jaw isn't so tight anymore my belly wherever you were holding it feel that you've got new space there now what i would suggest is fill it up with something else maybe a new business relationship that's coming in a new other kind of love relationship just self-love if nothing else calmness happiness joy Fill up that space. Those are not room for all this other stuff to get in. So remember, water cleanses, water cleans, water washes. Water is what we are made of. Without it, we just die. So why not put a little fire into that? Why not little earth? Put a little magic. Put your breath, put your air into it. Floating candles to release whatever you want to release. Crazy inexpensive, crazy easy, crazy powerful. That's your magic spell for today. Magic is everywhere, you guys. Sometimes you just got to float it. I have some really, really special magic for you today. Magic that I am excited about. Not just any old magic. We have werewolf magic. Ah! Oh! Oh! So let me tell you about this beautiful howling man right next to me. Let me introduce you to Denny Sargent. He is a writer, artist, and university instructor who has a master's degree in history, intercultural communications. He has written for magazines and anthologies in the US and Japan, and has written books and articles on paganism, Western occultism, spells, folklore, magic, and tantra. Denny is the author of eight books and co-author of two more. Welcome, Denny. Thank you for having me, Patty. I'm really excited to come and talk about werewolf magic. <laughs> yes, I, I, I know this. I, me too, because I know so little. I know we both identify as witches. We are both witches. You're many degree. Mm -hmm. um, and I get crap. that. I, I identify as a psychic. I identify as a medium. I identify as a witch, a pagan. I identify as a vampire. So that's why I, I understand some of your stuff here, especially the howling. But I know nothing about werewolves. So tell us a little bit about what is werewolf magic. Okay. Well, this is the book that started it all. And this came out right in the middle of the pandemic, which I think probably was a really good thing because um, I started to find all these uh, Facebook page pages with people who are interested in werewolves. And there was one that was fascinating that had 8,000 members and it was called Howl at 8 p.m. And I don't know if you saw that, but so people all over the world, because they were stuck in, in the pandemic, were out there howling at 8 p.m. And, and just while I was writing this, this book and I was thinking, okay, I have a book for these people. So let me explain very, very quickly how I ended up with this. I've written a lot of different books on different on different things, Shinto and 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 the God Pan and spells and witchcraft and all and and hermetic stuff and some serious stuff. But um, about five years ago, I had a really, really bad year. Lost everything. Lost my my wife. Lost. lost uh, I have a severely autistic kid. Lost my home. Lost my money. Lost my job. And I was at uh, sort of. The, the end of my rope. I mean, we all have those those times in life when we're just like, 
I can't deal with this anymore. And I ended up in an apartment. Um, I, I was taking care of a friend of mine who had all early onset Alzheimer's. It was just everything was 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 falling apart. I meditate every night. I'm a tantric, so I, I I do have a meditation every night to sort of clear away everything and get centered. And um, as the horrible things started to pile up on my life, and I was just about to snap and just thought, okay, I'm done with this life. I think I'm I'm really done with everything. Oh, um, in my meditation, this wolf started. Oh, a dog! Awesome timing. So a wolf started to show up in my in my meditations. A three-eyed wolf. Now, normally, I I cast a very a very tight circle, and I entities don't come in that I don't invoke, right? But it kept showing up, and it would sit there and just look at me. And every night, I would do these meditations, and every night, this wolf started showing up. And finally, I opened up to it. I said, "Who are? What do you?" And, and it said, "I'm here to help you. You're really on the edge, and I'm here to to show you something and and take you take you into a place that's going to help you a lot." So I I opened up and started to write down everything it was kind of communicating to me. And number one was to to get out into the woods, rip off all my clothes, and 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 become an animal, you know. And I was like, oh what? You know, now I happen to live near 70 acres of woods. So I I started doing what it said and and I went off and just just went completely, I just let go of all the stress and all the anger and all the pain and everything. Um, and, and just, and, and started to figure out how to let my animal side come out and take my upper brain, my constantly chattering pain in the butt brain and, and let it sink down. And, and so I'm doing all this stuff because I'm getting these, these, I'm, I'm being told essentially like, this is what you need to do or you're going to, you're going to crash. And, and, you know, better this than a psychiatric hospital. And so, and then I started, to, and I felt 100% better. Not only that, but as I started to do this on a regular basis, full moons is always the best. Um, and it's traditional, of course, with, uh, with, with werewolves. But also full moon is when our, 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 our water level is high. Insane asylums go crazy at full moon. My classes were always wild teaching university on a full moon, around a full moon. So... It was the best time I found to pull up my animal side and, and let it loose. Now, I thought, okay, this is nice. And I, it was working for me. It was very therapeutic. And then, and then I thought, well, maybe I should research and see if there's anything like legit about this. And, and that's what ended up being werewolf magic because I'm a historian, right? I, I, I have part of my degree is in ancient history. And I was like, well, are, is this a thing? And then I started finding yet like, yes, in uh, the Vikings, I don't know how many of you have seen the uh, the North the Northmen. Have any of you seen that? Have mm -hmm. you seen that? Okay, the scene where they do the werewolf transformation, where they take the they take the psych clearly psychedelics and and they and they and they the spirit of the wolf comes and possesses them, a wolf or a bear. And the hero I found out is actually in that movie taking on both spirits, wolf and bear. Uh, I read a review of it that said that it was very subtle, but it's there. So watching the, watching those sorts of things and doing some research on the Vikings and I, I've been to Iceland and I, I I had had some conversations there with people about shape shifting and they all believe in it they all absolutely believe in it and so I said I said huh I started looking well I found out that our entire magical traditions all of our magical traditions have been woven together with shape shifting um, animism shape shifting and werewolves especially in in the West so. 
I found out like in ancient Greece, prehistoric Greece, there's a Mount Orkayan, Wolf Mountain, where the wolf god was worshipped. And, and later uh, Zeus, Zeus came and Zeus Lakayan became the god of that. Just down the hill from there was the, the, the shrine of Pan Lakayan. So I'm finding all these like werewolf gods and werewolf ceremonies where people would turn into werewolves. And, and there's all kinds of images. If you go looking, you'll see. Well, then I looked into the Celtic world and lo and behold, werewolves were a huge thing in, in uh, Celtic, in ancient Celtic uh, world, uh, tribal rather, ancient Celtic tribal uh, cultures. There's a tribe and I can go on for a long time about this. <laughs> no, this is great. Go, go. <laughs> so, so, okay, look, calm down. <laughs> So, so like there's a tribe in Ireland called the Ossery tribe and there there's all kinds of, of, of um, historical uh, stories and, 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 and books about these different tribes that would once a, once a year would all meet for a festival and then turn into werewolves for for a week or two weeks. And I've seen this over and over again. The, the historian Herodotus, the Greek historian Herodotus went to what's now, went to what's now uh, um, Russia uh, to the Nuriai tribe, and he wrote the exact same thing, very matter-of-factly. Oh, these mountains were nice, the temples were nice. Oh, and I met the, met the Nuriai, and they and and they uh, had a festival, and they turned into werewolves for 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 a week, and then they turned back. So over and over again, you find the same sort of pattern of people going into these cultures and seeing people turn into werewolves, and I'm thinking, what is this, right? And then I started researching and going further and further. And then I went into the, the witchcraft trial documents because I'm a historian and I, I go crazy on stuff like this. I looked at the Vikings. I looked at the Norse. I looked at, I looked at uh, a lot of different cultures. But once I got into the witches, like, you know, our people, right, and who were, who were persecuted and, and executed and destroyed by, by, by the church, well, what I found out was 50% of all witches that were arrested and, and tortured were also accused of being werewolves, 50%. So, so witchcraft, traditional witchcraft, like really old school trad witchcraft, had shape-shifting and lycanthropy as part of, of what they did. And in this book, um, I actually have quotes um, of, from the witchcraft trial documents of people saying, yes, I was a witch. Uh, this is how it worked. Uh, the, the, the lord of the forest took me in and initiated me. And I met the coven secretly. This, this one was in France, in the woods. We all met, we all, we, all, we all stood in a circle and each held a candle in one hand and held hands. And it had a whole, very clear exactly what the rituals were like. Then he handed me, as a new initiate, a, 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 wolf, a wolf, excuse me, a wolf skin belt, which is traditional, and a salve to rub on me, which was probably psychedelic, right? And then, then, then helped me transform into a werewolf. Now he, they say a number of places they say my body fell asleep. I took the form of a werewolf and ran and did all these various things. Right. Well, this is the exact same thing I'm finding in a dozen other historic historical books. In the I found a book on Slavic witchcraft and Slavic magic, and where where and you're gonna love this. There's a term that's used in in the Slavs. I think it's varger, which means both werewolf and vampire. And there's, and there's a big connection in the Slavic magical stuff between the two. 
because uh, a, a, werewolf, a werewolf who died was said to then become a vampire. Isn't that wild? And I'm like, I'm like, whoa. So, so the both vampires and werewolves seem to share something. They go into a deep trance state and go into a coma. And they would hide in coffins, both werewolves and vampires. They would hide in coffins in the graveyard so no one would disturb their body because everyone was afraid to go to, to, to graveyards, right? And then they would astrally project as a werewolf or vampire or whatever. But I, I was focused on werewolves. You would, you would, you would, you would uh, astrally project as a werewolf and, and go and run amok. So my book, I really dug deep in this and I thought, okay, I want to know how this works and I want to figure it out from histor real historical sources. What I found was there are three levels of this and it all goes back to prehistoric times. In fact, the earliest image of a werewolf I found is a cave painting in Portugal that's 40,000 years old. And it's clearly a werewolf because it's a guy with a spear hunting and the head of a wolf. It's just as obvious as it can possibly be, right? And, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess it goes all the way back. So uh, do you mind me keep, do you have any questions? Go, go, go. This is good. I'm, oh, I'm engrossed. I, I'm a university teacher at a werewolf. I can go on forever. Okay, all right. Let, let me pull, pull myself back together a little bit here. And uh, so once I started reaching, reading this, I thought, okay, the, how do I do this and how can I actually write it down and work with this myself as a real legitimate shamanic system of, of, of you know, transmutation, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I had now, now I, I reached back because I had interviewed several real shamans. Shaman, shaman is a word that gets bandied around a lot and it shouldn't be used. Yeah. It really means, it means, it means people who are shamans in Russia, right? Well, I was very lucky during the 90s to uh, a friend of mine brought over several tribal shamans to Seattle. Um, they, they were the Nani Doro, right? They were all called the Ulchi tribe. And uh, they lived in Siberia and they lived in small villages and they were completely separate from, from other cultures. Uh, things probably have changed since then, unfortunately. But, but I, the, I got to hang out with them and I interviewed them for a magazine that's now extinct called Pangaea Magazine. Um, and I got to know them and I took several um, classes with them as well. But the interview was the most interesting where I sat down and I, and I, I really got to dig down into shamanism and what, what they do. And they thought it was hilarious that Americans wanted to be shamans. They said, no, shaman, being a shaman is miserable. It's a miserable yeah. life. No, nobody wants to hear that their kid is, is hearing the spirits because then, oh no, now not, that's, that's their life and no one's going to want to marry them. And she gave me all these great, these great hilarious stories. But um the shamans, what, what they basically do is they go into a deep trance and leave their body. They go into the underworld, right? And they, and they, they do some soul retrieval or they, they look for, for, for um, game for the hunters. For them, it was really crucial to find where the elk and, and where these other animals were because they were in the middle of Siberia. And if, if they couldn't find them, they would die, right? So this was her job was to do healing and to find the animals and do these things. And it was exhausting. And she said... You know, you, it takes three days to recover. Lo and behold, in the witch in the witchcraft trial documents and in the stuff I found, I found people who who are are caught being werewolves are often found in bed the next day, and and it took took them a day to three days to recover. 
So, so there's something here that's connecting everything. And as I start to connect the dots, I'm like, oh, this is really like a legit historical thing. Like people aren't growing fangs and fur and running around like Lon Chaney, but they are going into deep trance states. And, and after, you know, they've, they've been working with, with, with Shamal, just like in the North, the Northmen, right? The got the guys who you saw who were running it were, they were the shamans. They were the, the ones who knew how to do this. And, and they would be working with, with these people over a long period of time and learning how to suppress their upper cortex and let their animal self arise up, which is the lower, which is down here, right? What Carl Sagan called the, uh, the um, reptile brain. And, and we, that, that would take over. And then they would be in an animalistic state. And then they learned how to go into a deep, deep, deep trance, very likely with, with the help of psychedelics, just like you saw in, in the Northmen. And then they would go into a, a comatose, like a self-induced comatose state. Now, at that point, they had been for years practicing uh, different things like swaying, growling, different hypnotic things to put them into a trance, but also practicing on their astral body, their, their spiritual what uh, a wonderful, a wonderful um, academic whose book uh, I have it in, in here. His name is Canto and Lacanto. Uh, he wrote an academic paper on werewolves and witches, which you would probably really like. Uh, and I'll, I can I can find it for you and send it to you if you want. But yes, but, please. Yeah, yeah. But he talked about the double. The Greeks and and the Egyptians and others have 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 this idea that we don't just have a, a soul. The church is the one who did that. We don't just have a soul. We have several different, different spiritual aspects to ourselves. The soul is the thing that lasts forever and comes and goes, right? But we also have this incredible astral body, and he called it the double, and that's what the Greeks called it too. And the double is, is changeable. Like you can build it up with magic. People who do magic can build up the strength of their, of their aura, their 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 astral body and and people who really are trained with people who know what they're doing you can shape that astral body into any form you like it could be a wolf it can be other things right so so it, a lot of this seems to be and i got lots of dual triple verification on this that wherever the whatever the um whatever the primary predator was the alpha predator is what people wanted to be in terms of shape-shifting. So in, in, in Greece and in, in Rome, ancient Rome, and I have a lot on ancient Rome and the Lupercalia and stuff, and uh, in Europe, that the wolf was what people wanted to be. It was the strongest, most, most uh, venerated. In, 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 um, in the Celtic world, the, the wolf was seen, as, and still is, the wolf is seen as a positive thing, as a protector, as a helper. Uh, um, people who are called werewolves, uh, warriors are, are as powerful werewolves that protect the people, right? Same thing in, uh, in, in uh, the Norse, Norse areas, where um, you've heard of berserker. Berserker comes from bersark, which means wearing the skin of the bear. But, but aside from bears, berserkers or bersark, there were ulfsark, and those were the wolves. And if you remember in the North, Northmen, 
the, the, the guy said, oh, are you a bear or a wolf? And he said, I'm, I'm both. He goes, oh, the wolves are scary. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm yelling at the theater, yelling, yes, they are. <laughs> so, so all of this stuff sort of came together in this, and then I started writing this stuff down. I wasn't planning to write a book. So I went to uh, Pantheacon, which I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of, and uh, yeah. I, I went I went to pitch some books. I had five book proposals that I was going to pitch, and as as a goof, I put together one for werewolf magic, thinking nobody's going to be interested in this. This is whack, you know. And and I was like, here's one about traveling and paganism and traveling. Here's one about tantra. No, 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 no. Oh, werewolf magic. This one. I go. What do you mean you want that one? Why? You know. No, 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 no. We want this one. So then I, I met with a, a wiser rep who, who, who went through all five and, I, and she goes, oh, we want werewolf magic. I go, well, I just showed it to Llewellyn and they said, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to give it to Llewellyn. So that, that, so that kind of gives you in a nutshell what it's about. What I actually do, what I actually do is in this book is I figured out, and this book actually has more in it, way more. This is the new one. I, and I went to Starwood with both of these and... Um, if anybody's interested and they go to my um, they go to my my blog, my webpage, which is werewolfmagic.com, I have actually the rituals I did at Starwood on a blog of exactly what I did. And one of the th I've gotten better and better at taking people into to a deep trance state. There are three levels. The first one is just an initial trance state where you bring bring up your animal self and you sink down and you 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 hang out in that state. And it's it's marvelous therapy. I'm telling you. I now wolf pack that comes every full moon, and we do this, and we all they all say the same thing. I felt so much better the next day because it's basically your it's like cleaning it's like defragging your computer. It's like cleaning out all the stresses and everything that's been building and building and building by by circumventing your your upper cortex, that brain that just constantly is rattling about stuff that doesn't really matter most of the time. By simply going into a pure animal state, you just simply exist. Um, being in that werewolf state, being in that in that primal state, is super potent, and and just it's just a moment as like a Zen moment of just existing and and really hearing the animals and hearing uh, what the rain or whatever, just being being a pure animal is like fantastic. I have a dog. I have a dog. Dogs exist just exist they don't think about what they're going to do next week right they just exist and they have this sort of pure consciousness this like a, a Taoist consciousness right and and that the werewolf magic stuff has done that for me and it's done it for other people at stargazer i did a i did a, i did this i did a whole werewolf shape-shifting with 200 people and one thing i have i've learned because i did it at pantheacon with about a hundred people. And I did it with like 200 people. And one thing I found out is the more people you have, the more people you have, um, not mine, uh, the more people you have, the faster it goes. Now, I don't know if that's mass, if that's mass psychology, but at, Penn, at, at Starwood, um, it got so wild. I mean, we had a bonfire in Tiki Lens, like a, an acre stone circle. It got so wild that I had to like bring people down. People were running around the circle on all fours. 
like, which I, I can't do. <laughs> it was like, wild. So, I mean, that's basically the story that, well, the second stage is you go even deeper and are able to actually do some astral work. And then the third, the third level of shape-shifting, I, I have at the back of the book, but I don't, I haven't done it. And that's the actual leaving your body and going comatose, which I'm not comfortable with because I don't have a shaman to guide me and teach me how to do that and not, you know, die. <laughs> so, <laughs> So mostly I do the first and second um, second shifts, but this one has a lot more, more activities in it. This I yeah I love it talking about the pack and creating your pack and thing. I this makes so much sense to me. It's insane. Again, aspects of the the, the vampirism, which the thing is also taking on that animalistic type of thing. Yes. And I also have a theatrical background, you know, acting 101, how you become something else like mask work, which as right. soon as you put a mask in, you're not yourself. So I'm seeing, and who we do go into trance states. We do. I'm, I want to be a werewolf now too. I'm going to add something else to my name. I can't wait you know, to read this. You know, the Slavic, let me see if I can find it. The Slavic, I might have, Oh, I do. I have it right here. You're going to love this. This is a book by somebody who's very amazing. Okay. Uh, is it this one or this one? It's the, I think it's The Complete Vampire. Do you have this one? The Complete Vampire? I don't think I have that one. I have a lot of vampire books. I don't think I have that one. This is a, it's hard to find. It's, it's by a guy um, named Nigel Jackson. It's, a, it's, it's very hard to find his books. There, um, but he talks a lot about about the fact that yeah, there's Varga, that 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 in in Slavic magic, werewolves um, are seen as as they're connected as with vampires, and a lot of the shape shifting stuff is not so uh, far off. This would be a really good book for you to see the. I will. I will. I will check it out because I actually have a school. I have a little online school, a little spirituality school, not teaching any one thing. But my partner is is Father Sebastian is a vampire. So it's a witch and a vampire. And this kid in Italy started this school. So I will definitely check out that book. That's awesome. <laughs> well, if so, you ever wanna, so how will this? So, <laughs> if you ever want a werewolf in on, on, on your show or on your, on your classes, I, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I was. I that's what I was going to ask you next. Will you come do a you know a guest thing or even regular? Oh yeah, I, mean, I know yeah. you know everything else we teach. We teach spell crafting and folk magic and. Oh, I love yeah, hearing that. That's what you need to do more teaching. Oh, I, I okay. love it. Okay. So have this. Uh, no, okay. What's so that? my people are are listening and watching, and they're going to go. Oh wow, I really like that. So um, how can this? And again, in this book, you're going into the, I mean, words we use, egregore and this and that. And right. so how will this help somebody like 2022 coming out of the pandemic? Everybody's a little lack. <laughs> so how can that guy, oh, this is going to make my life better. Well, also this, this is sort of the basic, this gives you the history. Start there. So, so a lot of people, a lot of people like the history some people don't, they just want to get right into the magic. This has the history and the basic ideas. But if you want to just go right to the magic, I actually have, um, I have the first part of this book is like a review of, of werewolf magic and gives a, the basic ideas, the ethos, the, the sort of um, the fact that 
you know, there's a lot of like far right groups that that are really, you know, grabbing onto this werewolf, this werewolf thing. And I basically, you know, no, no, no prejudice, no homophobia. I, I, you know, that every, you know, everybody I'm working with is is accepting of everybody. I mean, we're werewolves, right? I mean, you know, you, you, you know, I mean, you, you gotta be kind of can't be too judgmental. And you probably noticed the sub the subtext of it. The subtitle is "Book of Shadows." So I, to me, this is essentially a witchcraft book of shadows. It's just with a focus on. Um, animistic practices, animism, shape-shifting, and whatnot. But I have an esbit in there, a, a werewolf magic esbit. I have a sabbat ritual. There's there's photos in there of the shrine, of, of putting together a shrine. Um, it, 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 basically, it basically has evolved into a kind of traditional craft. And, the, and so... I think anybody interested in witchcraft will actually really get a kick out of this. In fact, one of the things that kind of I was a little worried about was I make so many references to witchcraft like Sabbath and Espit. I was worried that some people would be like, hmm, I don't know what those things are, but I know witches are going, oh, I know what those things are. <laughs> so, And I've been in several covens and shape-shifting, but their shape-shifting is like, let's all sit around and imagine that we're owls. But that's not what I do. I, I, <laughs> we, we stand, we rock, we growl, we lunge, we run around, we sweat through our clothes. It is extremely intensive. And then, and we, we do not speak most of the, I have a lot of spells in here too. In both books, there's a lot of spells, but getting into that state of, of, of uh, like, like werewolfery is a great word that they used to use. Um, getting rid of sort of pulling down your your brain and letting your animal self emerge takes about an hour of of trance work and once we're in that state um we tend not to use words at all and what i found is not using higher cortex functioning language um like hey this is really great or something that immediately pulls you out of the trance until you're in, in until you're in a super deep place, then you can do a little bit. But I like we invoke the gods of witchcraft in a very simple way, and I can show you right now if you want me to. Yes, yes. Everything is vibration. So I start with getting people to growl and howl. So, but I have been doing this now for five, six years, so I can I can really I got it's all open. <laughs> I rock, I growl, I do all of that. It's like, I, maybe I'm just a werewolf and didn't know it. I do all of that. when you I get both. It's fine. I, <laughs> yeah, I could, and maybe I'll add bear. No, no, keep going with that. Because again, and I, so much, I have a lot of trad craft, British trad craft stuff where we, mill working, we are on all fours and becoming mm -hmm. animals. Just never went, oh, werewolf. We are, we are, we are destined to be friends because my, my the, 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 the um, witchcraft I was initiated into was Welsh trad, and it's 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 British trad, and so, yeah. so anyway, we can talk about this some other time. But we can yeah, we, for days. Well, yeah. So, but shape shifting and, and that sort of so growling, and then I teach them uh, 
howling and growling, right? And oh, right? And I can, I can, I can like blast it out, and the whole neighborhood gets to hear me. But I talk about up growling, like oh, or up howling, right? And then oh, bringing it down. So there's mm -hmm. lots of ways you can cast an entire circle, do an entire ritual without words. You use, you use non-verbals, you use animalistic non-verbals. And the more you're into it, the more your head space is into it, the more your brain sort of shuts down and your animal self, like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I'm into. And uh, once we get that, then we, we invoke the gods this way. We invoke, we invoke mother, mother earth and we, it's ma. Yeah. And then, then we invoke, we invoke the Lord of the forest. However, you want to view the the green man, the horn god, right? In, yeah. in, in the primal and in, in a lot of the witchcraft docs, he's called the, the Lord of the Forest, and it's ha. And then we invoke the moon mothers, and the, there's three aspects, right? New moon, full moon, and and dark of the moon. And I've been using um, Artemis, Selene, and Hecate for those, but but it it doesn't really matter with. Ah, right, and we'll just do that, like looking up at the full moon, and we'll just go, ah, all of us together, ah, ah, and, and feel and visualize the lunar energy coming. It's super potent because there's no, there's no thinking, there's no words, there's no cognating. It's just. Oh, and the moon comes up, ah, and the Lord of the forest comes, and Ma, and the Earth Mother rises up within us, right? And then the wolf is, and then after we invoke the gods, we invoke the great wolf spirit, which is the artillery deity, right? Who brings all this power to us. And when we end, we're, ah, that's it. That's that's almost for for an hour. That's about the the howling, the growling. They're shaking, they're swaying. There's a lot. Like this book has it really nailed down how to do it. This book adds all the stuff I just did for you, um, in terms of you know ma and ha and ah and ra ah. So <laughs> so I every. It's cool, right? It is so cool, and I do ma chants all the time. I shift energy. I, I, I'm a werewolf. I didn't know. <laughs> you are a werewolf. I can tell. You got a dog. You don't have a cat. I got a dog. I do have a cat. I have a cat. I have a bitty baby cat. I love I'm cats. I'm an equal too. opportunity. I love cats too. But every most every wish I know has lots of cats and dogs. They're like dogs. And I'm like, mm, you got to love my dog. I go both ways. <laughs> Me too, apparently. I'm fine like, with everything. I'm fine with everything. I mean, wolves don't care, right? Why should I? So I don't know. What exactly. else can I tell you? Um, I don't know. Well, tell people, people are going to be so intrigued by you right now. I can tell. So tell people where they can find you, where they can find your books, your website, anything you have coming up. Because I'm going to be your stalker now. <laughs> oh, cool. I, I haven't had a stalker. I'm actually making my way in the world. You yeah. can stalk the world. Look for the big paw prints, right? So, so uh, anybody can reach me at werewolfmagic.com. Uh, the same, the same site is also Denny Sargent um, Author.com. I have a Facebook author page called Denny Sargent Author, um, and I you can also find me on Facebook as Denny Sargent. I'm fine with people texting me and writing me. Um, 
and then and then and then we can certainly have a conversation. I'm super um, friendly and energetic, and so anybody I've had a number of people contact me, and I immediately respond, and they're so they're so shocked that the author is writing to them. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, got, I got nothing better to do than than answer your questions. It sounds like a really wonderful thing. So. I'm going to be doing, uh, I, I'm, it sounds like I'm going to be doing Starwood again next year, and I, they really liked it, and it got good vibes, and at the end of doing it at Starwood, I, I, like I said, 200 people, right? at the very end, they wouldn't leave, and, I, and they were all like, because oh, I, I, you know, we, we do that whole thing I just showed you to like bring the energy down. I have all these techniques for like coming out of the trance, you know, like one, one that comes from Scandinavian seder or witchcraft is, is shaking and just sort of bring yourself back into your body and earthing yourself. And I did all these sorts of things and, and banished, you know, and, and then, and I was like, all right, well, thank you. I've got it. If anybody wants to get a hold of me, no, they're like, like a hundred of them said, we want more. <laughs> Isn't that great? We want more. We just spent two hours. I've, I've like ripped my shirt off. I've, all I have is a pair of shorts on. I'm sweating profusely. I'm like, I know I, I don't have any more. <laughs> and they said, so then the, the woman who runs it comes running up. Uh, wonderful people, Starwood. Starwood is like a, was a great, amazing open place to go. You should, you'd love I'm it. I'm going to go. I have to go. I have to go. Oh, well, so where, where do people find out about that? Uh, just type in Starwood and you'll find it immediately. One word, Starwood. It's a, it's a, it's at this point, it's the biggest pagan, which, uh, gathering in the United States. It's in Ohio. And, and, uh, anyway, the, the head, the head of, the head uh, came up with all these people here, right? And said, oh, do you want to do it again? And they were all like screaming, yes. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and she said, Friday night at the Holly Circle, uh, or, or I can't remember what it was called, the Holly Circle or something like that, which is another circle in the woods. They have all these beautiful witchcraft pagan circles in the woods. No, you, it's really cool. And uh, I said, okay, sure, I'll do it Friday night. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Because then I did another one on Saturday. So... <laughs> But I did three presentations. By the end, I was just like, okay, I'm going home now. I'm just going to go home and like chill out. For three days. Yeah. That is awesome. Fantastic. It was so great. I am so excited. I want to go there just so I could experience this. So you guys, Denny, I have to have you back. I would love to have you back. Oh, I would love it. And I want you to come teach at my school. It's a, it's a, a silly little name for a, a serious mystery school. University Magicus. We thought that's, real life Hogwarts. No, that's a great title. I like it. Yeah, no, we like no, it. I studied Latin, and, so yeah, no, it's it's, it's a good name. It's a good name. Yeah, like and we have witches, vampires, no werewolves on staff. Yeah, we have Catholic priests. We have, you know, Satanists. Everybody. No, no, um, I'll, be your, I'll be your resident werewolf. That's awesome. Okay, you are. You got this. Oh, this has brought me so much joy. I'm gonna go growl and scratch and shake and rock. Whoa. So what, you guys check this out. This is gonna be coming out soon, right? It's gonna be out werewolf like pack early, magic. beginning of September. It's already being sold right now, um, pre-order. So, and I think it's doing well. I mean, this book did so much better than I thought it would. The, I, I've written a bunch of books, and this one. I don't know if it was pandemic or werewolves. I don't know what, but I, I did want to say one more thing. This, this shape-shifting thing is not just wolves. Like in China, I travel throughout Asia. It's, it's were tigers. In Morocco, it's were hyenas. Uh, the, and in, in, in different parts, it's different animals. But, but shape-shifting is in every single culture I've ever 
going into. So let's 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 shape shift together, everyone. Back into the animals. I just want to end with one thing. One of the things that's really come out of all this for me is that we are completely disconnected from the earth and and the ecosystem. And and by by connecting with your animal self. I was able to go into the woods and see the interconnections between the ecosystem. I was able to, to prowl around at night when I was in that state of trance and, and, and creep up on animals. I was able to see really well at night. I was able to do a lot of things, but I think the bottom line is that we are in deep trouble in terms of our environment. And we have disconnected from being animals because the religions that, that exist say that we we have souls and animals don't and say say that we we have control over nature can do anything we want but i don't think that's true and and when you you're in an animal state you you suddenly connect on a visceral deep primal level and and all of a sudden you wait awake up to the fact that no i'm an animal people are animals we are animals you know and yeah, i know like, I 100%. And I think, again, that this resurgence or whatever, people are waking up a little, whether they consider it elemental work or we need it. Get our eyes off the friggin' heavens for a while. We got to save this little planet. We that's do. where, I, and that's, and people I'm noticing, I mean, not werewolf so far, but, but there is probably, like you're saying, there's a rise in werewolves, rise in vampirism. The good kind. We're the good kind, not not the bad. I mean, like, it's everything that's good and bad. But I mean, people like who are like maybe more new agers and 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 magical. They're going. I remember Chris Fleming. He's a beautiful medium. I work with him on TV. He's like, I saw a gnome. Gnomes are real. I'm like, yeah. But people, because we have to get back onto the earth. We have to do that. I, for me, the one path I have to share is by unleashing, by opening up to your animal self. Because our whole life we're told, don't eat like an animal. Oh, you're being an animal. Animals are, are good. We are animals. We have to, I make my, whenever I do, a re, I do some sort of activity, I make everybody say, I am an animal. And there's a moment where they're like, you are, we are, we're homo sapiens, we're primates, we're animals. And, and our men, part of this problem is we've, we have this mental block to, to accepting that we're part of our ecosystem. And that, and you know, Native Americans, lots of tribal people I've met in a dozen countries are all like, you know, we learned everything from the animals in the land. We learned what's poisonous, what feeds us, what works. We try not to overhunt because we know that's our game. We honor every deer we kill. I mean, these sorts of, of interconnections and seeing seeing nature and animals as as you know as our kin is is lost in our culture and I think it really has to come back for us to really grasp that we are connected with uh, we're connected with Gaia we're connected with the Earth we're connected with the Great Mother yeah let's howl on that one. One of my favorites ever, ever. Everybody, check out Danny Sargent. <laughs> this, this is the best. Get a little wolf in you, everybody. I'm gonna, I'm going to. So, oh, is your puppy there? You want to see my dog? I do. I don't he, know where mine. By is. the way, he's a member of our pack. It, it was very funny. It took him, it took him like several months to get oh, used to it. Oh, he's big. He's a big boy. But, but it was very funny. Like the first like say five or six times we had our, our werewolf magic group and did it. He just sat and watched. And then, and then about, about two months ago, 
he suddenly he just he just jumped up and ran over and sat with us and howled with us and did everything with us. So he now is a member of the pack. And whenever we get together, he just trots over and sits down with us. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. He, he found his people. He's oh, found well. his people. First he was scared. He's like, I don't know. Now he's found his people. Yeah, now he's cool. found his people. Well, um, again, please come back again. And I am gonna talk to you about the school and everybody out there, all my little folks, check out werewolf pack magic and the original wolf magic and uh werewolf magic. we all need a little werewolf ah. they did a nice job anyway yeah thank you thank so you. much Pat. i you have been like probably my favoriteest person so far just just because your enthusiasm and you have all kinds of, of wonderful stories and anyway thank you so much for i can say me. the same about you it's the mutual admiration society so i like that so thank you thank you for bringing your magic your werewolf magic to the witching hour